Thank you for joining the Pinewood Church Podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you fresh perspective on how God is moving in your life. For more information, visit us at pinewoodboulder.com. Enjoy the message. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Keegan Velasquez, and my wife and I have been part of Pinewood and a part of the journey here for almost two years, which is crazy to see how we've come from meeting at Justin Parker's house with just a couple people to packing out Esteban. So what an amazing thing God's doing. Uh, Normally I'm up here playing with the worship team, either on the bass or the guitar, but this week I get the honor and privilege of stepping up here and and speaking with you guys. So super excited about that. And um, yeah, so last week we introduced a new series on Pinewood's values. We have seven values that we sort of commit to as a church that are our culture, that are what we believe in, and and also just things that we want to live by as individuals and as believers. And so last week, Pastor Parker talked about our seventh value, which is honor is our commitment, and how the weight of honor and the way that we give honors to those around us is is really important. And this week, we get to talk about love. So that's what I'm here for. So our next value is love is our motivation. Love is our motivation. And the title of today's message is to love from love. And so we're not talking about like a letter like written from love to love. That's not it. But it's actually supposed to be uh, what it means when we talk about what it means in our lives to love from love as a source. So really excited to dive into that. I'm a fan of statistics, so I wanted to share a few with you guys that I thought was interesting that I found about love. Did you know that 60% of all songs are written on the topic of love? Not very surprising. I'm sure you guys can all name like 100 at least. So many good love songs, right? Another interesting study actually done at CU Boulder's Sco Buffs. Come on. Yeah, I'd break out to the fight song, but too rowdy, too rowdy. Um, a study done at CU Boulder, this is kind of funky, found that partner, or individuals are more likely to pick a partner who, is, who has similar DNA to them versus someone who does not have similar DNA. Kind of, kind of creepy, kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> You're looking at your partner like, is that, what's going on? Um, another study I found that was really adorable, in fact, was actually done at UC Davis in California, and it found that if you stare into your partner's eyes for a minute or two, your heartbeats will begin to synchronize. What crazy biology, right, that that happens. And as a note today, we're not talking about romantic love between partners. I know those facts were about that, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about love in a more general sense. So we're not diving into Song of Songs or anything like that. Don't worry. It's not getting, not going there. Another time, another time. But today we're talking about true, deep, agape sort of love. So I'm going to pray for us and we'll get dived in. Lord Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here at Esteban's. Thank you for these people, whether it's their first time here or if they've been here before, that we can come together to praise your name, to learn more about you, about your love for us. Lord, help me to be a vessel for your words tonight and help these ears to be listening for what you have to say to them. Lord, we love you, and we're so thankful for being here. And we pray for just a great night. Amen. Amen. So, guys, today we're looking at 1 John 4, verses 7 through 9. If you have a Bible with you or you want to pull out your phone Bible app, feel free to do that. But I'm going to go ahead and read the passage here. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his only son into the world that we may live through him. This is love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. 
Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. It's a good word. It's a good word. And uh, first, in First John, John talks about love. He mentions the word love 43 times, which is a lot. It's not a, it's not a long book. And in these 12 verses, he talks about love 22 times, which is crazy. So we're talking about love. I'm going to say it 100 times tonight. Just get comfortable with it. First uh, John was written about 30 or 40 years after Jesus' crucifixion. It was uh, near the end of the first century, which is really cool. And unlike most books in the New Testament, he didn't actually write it to any specific group of people. Like we see Paul doing with Corinth, Ephesus, and Philippi, he writes it to a more general group of believers. And the cause, the reason for his writing this is what he talks about early on in the passage, or in, in the book, is that he says a lot of people are beginning to abandon their faith. They're beginning to lose sight of what um, Christianity is all about because Jesus has been gone for a while now. And so he calls them back in and he encourages them and wants to authenticate three main aspects of faith. In the first part of the book, he talks about what it means to accept Jesus as the Messiah and what that truly means in our lives. In the second part of the book, he moves in talking about obedience to Christ and, and Christ's commands. And in the last part of the book, where we're jumping in today, he begins to talk about what it means to love others. And so our value is love is our motivation. What does it mean? What is, what is a motivation is the question that I wanted to talk about real quick because I think it's really interesting, but motivations are the reasons that we act and behave in a certain way. So the reason that we act and behave in a certain way, and we live our lives every day being motivated by a whole lot of different things. A lot of good things like love, and also a lot of bad things. More often than not, we find ourselves being motivated by seeking attention, or gaining expertise, or achieving success. All the time, we change the way that we act and behave in order to get people to like us, or we change the way we act and behave in order to be perceived as cool. Culture tells us all the time that money should be a motivation. I know so many of us are victim of that, and I am too, where we believe that everything we do, the way we do our job and work with friends and the way we pay for things and everything should be about making more money and achieving more success. It's so easy to fall into those motivations. A quick story on one, one time I was motivated by something. Um, how many of you have younger siblings? Yeah, yeah, a lot of you. Uh, how many of you have younger siblings that have like gradually gotten a lot better at you than you at something? It's a frustrating place to be, yeah. So I have a brother and sister. They're both right there. Um, both of them are victim of this uh, for me. Having, I, I was always older and bigger than them, so it was easy to be more athletic. Especially my brother Cole. We've always been very competitive with each other, and he's a really athletic dude. But I've always was a little bit older and a little bit bigger, so I had that advantage, um, which is great for you know 18 years until now. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Recently, we went skiing just a few weeks ago, and my brother has skied so many times this season. How many, Cole? Like 20? 21 times this season, which is a whole lot. Um, I've skied twice this season, 
that's all. I didn't even get a pass. And the, well, I skied one and a half times. You'll, you'll learn why in just a second. Um, but my brother is a really good skier. And so the first two or three runs of the day at Copper, I was keeping up with him. I was going hard, wanting to compete with him because, you know, he's good. But I'm not going to let my little brother beat me. Um, and so he even told me, like, two three runs in, he's like, dude, no one keeps up with me. You're crushing it today. And I was like, yeah, I know. I keep up with you, Cole. I keep up with you. I know. Um, that didn't last long, though, because uh, the next run we were on uh, a bull right under, on, on Gahopper. Um, we were hitting a bull, and I was following Cole, and he popped this jump. He looked so cool, and, I, you know, I was right there with him, right behind him. Um, hit the jump and came down on a mogul or on some bump or something and just hit it tumbled forward, rolled a lot of times, double ejected my skis, like knees clashed together, all right under the lift line, you know, this classic, <laughs> classic crash. So I'm like laying there, my skis are down the slope. I'm like holding my knees, trying not to slide down further. These guys are yelling down from the lift like, yo, you okay? I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. Cole's way down. He ends up having to take off his skis, hikes up to help me out. Long story short, I'm okay, sprained an MCL, but man, I was motivated to keep up with my brother. And uh, unfortunately, it led me down a, a harmful path, but it was worth it. It was worth it. Um, but the important thing about motivations is that as we keep motivations top of mind in the way that we interact with each other, we learn a lot. Because uh, God shows us what life looks like to live with love as our motivation. And as we're, when we're motivated by love, we align with the way that God interacts with the world. When we're motivated by love, we align with the way that God interacts with the world. And so it's important for us to know what that looks like in our lives. Now, the verse that we talked about today was, was kind of long, so thanks for bearing with me. And honestly, it was a little complicated. I don't know if you felt that. Um, it felt very mathematical in a sense. And I'm not a math guy, but it was very mathematical, and there's a lot of, like, if you do this, then this. Because of this, then this happens. Since we've done this, this occurs, which is really good. And so I wanted to, like, graph out a little bit of causalities here. And it's, it's really simple. I think you'll understand what's going on here. Um, you know, it's, it's really simple. We have just a few things that we learn from this passage, right? We love others. God, love comes from God. If we don't love, then we don't know God. But if love is God loving us, and so I'm not going to go through all these. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but you guys, I know this is a lot. And if you were to go through all this, you'd get the, the whole passage is there. It's all there. Um, but it's not always easy. And so I was like, man, what's a good visual? And like, this, is not, this is not the visual that's good. This is not it. <laughs> but... Um, I did want to talk about just a few things from this verse today because I think there's just a few things from it that I really, I, I took away and I want to um, talk to you guys about. Because we got to remember that John's writing this to believers, calling them to know the love of God and calling them to love others. And so he talks about three fundamental things, three things in he, that he, he asks, he basically saying love is meant to be like this. And so he talks about how love is meant to be undeniable, unconditional, and unshakable. So that's what we're going through today. Because each of these is, what we're going to talk about is how God loves us in these ways and then how we are supposed to love others in these ways. So undeniable. In, in 1 John 4, 8, it says, the love, the, sorry, the one who does not love does not know God because God is love. You guys, the love that we receive from God is undeniable. There are no doubts, there are no questions about its existence and persistence in our lives. 
And so if we want to truly love, if we want to really know what love is, we have to know God. And it's the undeniable aspect of, of love that God is love. God is love. It's a really cool thing that we get to say about our God. Because God so loved his creation at the very beginning that he had a tremendous sacrifice by giving his son for us. It says in the next verse in 410, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You guys, this is a perfect example and demonstration of love. And God and his son Jesus did this for us in in an amazing way. Because love is the attribute that we learn most about God. The whole Bible is littered with so many examples of God's love for us. And not only is it probably one of the most repeated words in the Bible, but it's shown in so many different ways, which is absolutely amazing. Because love is not something that we create on our own, but it's something that we imitate. Every time we show actions of love, we're imitating and reflecting the way that God has already loved us. It's a really cool thing to think about, that the way that we love other people is a reflection of how God has loved us. And so it's undeniable that God loves us, but I know for a lot of you, and even for me in certain times of my life, it's hard to realize that. It's hard to know that God loves us. And so it's really important for us to recognize that, but at the same time, if you're struggling with that, if you're battling with that, I encourage you to lean into it, to learn more. Talk to me, talk to Parker, talk to people on our dream team about what it means that God loves you. Because he does. God loves you. God loves you, every single one of you. And it's an amazing thing to think about. Because once we're able to acknowledge his love, we have a better understanding of what love is. That's what this verse talks about, is that God is love, and we're not able to know God or know love without both. They they go hand in hand. And so if we're supposed to undeniably know that God loves us, then we're supposed to undeniably love others, which is a hard thing to do. But when we love others, we show them that we belong to love our actions. And when we love others, we show them that we belong to God. And so it's an important dichotomy there. Because when love becomes the default in our lives, then it becomes really clear in all the actions that we do. And so in verse 11, it says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. He so loved us. That love overflows from him into our lives and therefore overflows into the way that we love others. So a few summers ago, I was living at home with my family um, after my freshman year, and we got a puppy, which is amazing. So we got this beautiful dog, Rosie. She's adorable. This is when she was a puppy. She doesn't look like this now. But uh, this dog is the best dog ever. We had so much fun that first summer with her because not only is she adorable, but we were all living at home, come home after work, hang out with this cute dog. Puppies are ridiculous. They're goofy. You all, I mean, if you've had a puppy, you know that. But, you know, you get to watch them learn how to drink water without spilling it everywhere. You get to watch them learn how to climb upstairs without tumbling down every once in a while. Rosie, when she'd love to play tug, I do quotations because what she'd do is she'd, like, grab one end, and you'd grab one end, and she'd just lay on the ground. She wouldn't pull. She'd just lay on the ground, and then you'd, like, pull her around. And, like, that was tug to her. She thought it was so fun. Um... This is Rosie now. It's a newer picture. This is the most beautiful, smart, gorgeous dog in the world. No big deal. She's amazing. Um, But have you ever thought about how much dogs love us? Dogs love us in a ridiculously unconditional way. It made me think of, um, you guys know the movie Up? 
movie up. Great movie. Great movie. Absolutely. But my favorite character from that movie is the golden retriever who talks, Doug. Absolutely fantastic character. I want to show you guys a quick clip that I think really exemplifies how, uh, how God, you know, how, what that love looks like for dogs. We have your dog. Whoa. wonder who he belongs to. Sit, boy. Hey, look, he's trained. Shake. Uh-huh. Speak. Hi there. <gasps> Did that dog just say hi there? Oh, yes. Bruh! My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. That's great. My That's great. <laughs> you guys, Doug speaks to these humans that have never heard a dog talk before. He turns around and says, I've just met you, and I love you. I've just met you, and I love you. Um, I mean, I don't think it's, it's too far off to say that godly love is shown in dogs more than it is in almost any other creature. I think there's a reason that dog spelled backwards is God. Just saying, just saying. I'm not a dog person. No, I am. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but have you ever thought, like, how amazing would it be if everyone in this world loved each other the way that dogs love each other? How amazing would it be? Because that love that we receive from dogs is so unconditional. There's no conditions to it. And I think that's the same for the way that God loves us. In verse 16, he says, So we know and rely on the love of God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. The love that we receive from God is unconditional. There's no buts. There's no ifs. There's no circumstance that separates us from it. And so to understand God's unconditional love, I think we can look at another key attribute of his, mercy. The mercy that God has given us is amazing. To define mercy, it's compassion and forgiveness shown towards someone whom is within one's power to punish or harm. God has the ability to punish us or to judge us, and that's crazy. But instead of that, instead of living a life with our sin and with death, he says, no, I love you. He says, no, I love you. There's nothing that you've done. There's nothing that's happened to you. There's nothing that you will do that will separate my love from you. He says, I want you to find life. I want you to find forgiveness because I love you. He says, I want you to have freedom instead because my love for you is so great. God loves us unconditionally. He says to me and he says to you, I love you. He says, Keegan, I love you despite everything that's happened to you. And he says to each and every one of you that I love you despite the things that have happened and despite the things that you've done. I love you. And that's really cool. And he showed it to us. He showed it to us by bringing his son down and having him die because this world is full of sin. It's full of bad things. But he said all of those things are going away because the conditions of those sins and the conditions of what's happened is taken on by Jesus. And that is such a great example of love. And so he loves you always. There's no condition. There's no circumstance. When you lose your job, when you relapse on an addiction, when you feel incredible shame, he still loves you. He's still right there. And he's always given us the opportunity to accept that love because it's always there every single day. So how can we love others with the same sort of unconditional love? You guys, it is, it is not easy to love others unconditionally. It is not easy. And I, I'm sure a lot of you have tried. I'm sure you have. But you've probably failed because it's, it's impossible to do wholeheartedly. But th- that thing is, is that when we love others unconditionally, we put away ourselves completely. We put away any self-interest that we have, and we only are concerned about the interest of others. 
And it's not even the interest of others, but it's just simply the foundation that we were concerned about loving others. That's it. Because there's no condition, there's nothing that gets in the way of the way that we are called to love others. So it means when a coworker is always asking annoying questions, you've got to love them. It's a condition that you've got to look past and love them. It means when there's a driver turning left on Broadway where there's no turn lane and they you know, hold up five or six cars, you've got to love them. You've got to love them. And yeah, it means when your dog pees on the floor, you've got to love them because that dog's going to love you back. It's going to love you back. Because God tells us there is no condition in which my love for you is not there. So we're supposed to live it out the same way. At the end of this passage, John begins to build up uh, a really cool end. He says in verse 17, This is how love is made complete among us, that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There's some really powerful language in there. John tells us that our love, that the way that we love makes us more like Jesus. It's a really cool thing to think about. That by loving other people, we become more like Jesus and therefore know God better. And by knowing God better, we know love better. It's, again, this amazing cycle of all those things connected. So the fact that we are like Christ confirms that God lives in us, and therefore love lives in us. As it says earlier, I've given you a spirit, and that spirit's willing able to love. So anytime you might feel closed off or your heart might feel cold, that love is still in there. And you still have that ability to love and also that ability to feel loved. So even if you feel far away, that love is still in you. And the other thing he mentions is here is this idea of perfect love or complete love. We love that idea. I mean, we, we have so many movies and songs and books talking about this idea of love, but we're, we're talking about perfect love. It's the only, the only way that we can experience that is from the love of God. But in our lives and here, we can, we can, we can aim for that. In verse 18, he says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. You guys, no fear. No fear in love. We live in a world so contaminated with fear. And it blows my mind that this verse, right, is telling us that when we have perfect love, we have no fear. That sounds so hard. Because we live in a world so contaminated with fear. Fear for school shootings. Fear for war and for destruction. Fear of losing loved ones. You guys, I feel afraid all the time. I feel, I have this terrible fear that one day when my wife were to get pregnant, that she could die in childbirth. It's always been a fear that I've had since I was, even before I met her. It's like this terrible thing that I thought about. (laughs) Amen. Um, We have, we, I've been really fortunate in my life to not lose really close loved ones to me. But I know it's going to happen one day. And I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of losing my parents or my, my family. And I have this fear of an inability to support my family if I were to lose my job because of a mistake I made or something like that. There's fear in our lives, and I know you guys all have that because it's impossible to live without it, especially in this world. But, but God says, have love instead. Have love instead in that fear It's not going to go away in our lives. We are not going to achieve that perfect fear. But when we have love, that fear becomes smaller because love stands taller. And that's really cool. Because fear is a really powerful motivator. There's a reason why people run really fast when they're being chased by something. Fear is a powerful motivator. 
But the thing is, is that love is an even more powerful motivator. So the love that we receive from God is unshakable. Perfect love drives out fear in our lives. So we don't need to feel insecure about our future because God's perfect love has us covered. And he loves us with this perfect love despite every circumstance. There's no fear that gets... God has no fear because he loves us with this perfect love. And so in every circumstance, he loves us with this complete, perfect love. And no circumstance of our lives gets in the way of that. And so we're called to love others unshakably. And that means a lot of things. It means loving each other through the thick and through the thin. When things get really hard in marriage, we love. When you're about to lose your job, you love. When your child makes a mistake, we love. When your friend has betrayed you, we love. And when your family member is sick and dying, we love. Because every circumstance in our life, every fear that comes our way, can be conquered by love. And so we need to believe that, and we need to hold on to that unshakable love. Because fear will always be an option, but instead we can look to love. And so it's, it's not easy to attain this, but if we work to have this undeniable, unconditional, unshakable love, then amazing things are going to happen. And when fear comes up in our lives, love's going to stand out instead. So here's the deal, you guys. Love is the most important thing that we can learn about in the Bible. It is the most important thing we can learn about in the Bible, and that's because it includes the gospel message. Because Jesus dying for our sins so that we may have life is the greatest demonstration of love that has ever happened in this world. It is the greatest demonstration of love that has ever happened in this world. And so in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it actually says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So if we live out love as our motivation, we can go from here with love guiding our lives in ways that are big and small. Remember, motivations are the way, are the circumstances that change the way we act and behave. So when love is shaping the way that we act and behave, really cool things start to happen. If you want to learn about earthly love, there's 10,000 movies, tons of songs and books on the topic. But when we want to learn about true, perfect, complete love, it means looking to the way that God loves us. Because God loves, sorry, God loves you beyond anything that we can comprehend. I spent, you know, 20 minutes, I don't know how long I've been up here. I spent some time just dipping our toes into what it means that God loves you. But he, he loves all of us beyond a way that is unfathomable to us. And I don't think we're ever going to know until we go to heaven. But the thing is, is that God loves us so much. And that love is meant to go to us and then overflow onto others. And so we have a chance to be more like Christ. And we have a chance to understand love in a deeper way by knowing that love from God and then giving it to other people. You guys, just a few walking points to send you out with. The first, we're called to default to love. The first reaction, the first response can be love. When there's a whole lot of other emotions going on, the default can be love. And when we do that, it permeates our actions. It permeates our behavior, and it becomes so evident to the people around us that they can't help but see God in us. When we lead our lives with love, then other people can't help but see God in the way that we're acting. And that's a really cool way to share the gospel and share God with other people. You don't have to say a single thing, but by loving others, 
means giving God and showing God to them. So let the default be love. Mess it up. That was good. It and break it. Um, the second thing here that I want to send you guys out with is, is an encouragement. Learn more on love. Learn more about it. In 1 Corinthians 13, it's that classic passage that you all know that you hear at weddings every time. But there's so many amazing attributes and details it talks about love. And so if we look into that, those sort of passages and learn more about love, then we can love others better. If those of you who are familiar with love languages, it's this amazing way that we can learn how that we feel most love and how we can love others better. Learn more about how you feel that and how you give love. Learn more about love. And lastly, Jesus, John, Paul, all over the Bible, it talks about this idea of laying down our lives for one another. In 1 John 3.16, just earlier in this book, it says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. There is no greater love that you can ever show to someone than laying down your life for someone. And yeah, in extreme circumstances, that does mean dying for someone, just like Jesus did. But it looks different most days because you can love and lay down your life for people every single day. It means giving up your time to support someone who's struggling. It means giving your money to someone who needs it. It means giving your energy to that friend who's mourning or that family member who needs help. When we lay down our lives for other people, amazing things happen. In John 15, 13, Jesus says this at the, at the Last Supper to his disciples. He says, Greater love has no one than to lay down his life for one's friends. It is the greatest love that we can show. So let's go from here with love. Let's go from here recognizing that God loves us in an undeniable unconditional, unshakable way. And that we can do the same because we know God's love. And if we know God's love, then we can love others with the same undeniable, unconditional, unshakable love. And so the more we learn about that, the more amazing things get to happen. So if we learn to love, if we learn to love from the love that God has given us, then we know, we know more about love. We get to experience more. In, 19, in verse 19, he says, we love because he first loved us. You guys, we're going to go into a response song right now that I think really wonderfully captures the way that God loves us. Sing it loud. Listen to the lyrics. Feel it. And, and think about the way that God loves you. Think about the way that God loves you and think about the way that you can love other people better. Because when we start to do that, we start to change the world. We start to change the lives of people around us. So guys, sing this out, and then go here and live it out. I'm going to pray. Lord Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for your love. We thank you that we can celebrate a God whose first reaction to everything is love. And that because of that love, you gave us mercy. You gave us salvation. That no scars, no sin, nothing that has happened to us or that will ever happen to us will separate us from that love. And so Lord, we ask that we can learn to love in the same way. That we can learn to love others undeniably, unconditionally, and unshakably. Because as we do that, we start to show other people the, the attributes of you. So Lord, we love you. We thank you for your love. And that is the thing that we are most thankful, Lord. Because you loved us, we have life, and we get to know love better. So Lord, thank you for that. We pray that you can 
bring us in in this time of worship that we can hear what love has, what love means from you, and then we can go from here and live out what love means for others. Amen. Our community at Pinewood Church aims to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus in Boulder and around the world. Thank you for your support. If you would like to further connect with us, you can find out more at pinewoodboulder.com or on any social media platform with the handle at pinewoodboulder.com.